Welcome to another Astros podcast. And greetings from first out of field in Port St. Lucie, Florida, where today the Houston Astros continue Grapefruit League play as they take on the New York Mets. Astros yesterday tied with the Cardinals in West Palm Beach, 4-4. to Max Stassi, two hits, two RBIs. Carlos Correa had a double and an RBI as the Astros are now 3-3-2 three, three and two on the spring. It's time for today's pitching matchup brought to you by Houston Methodist, the official health care provider for the Houston Astros, Houston Methodist, leading medicine. Justin Verlander getting the ball for the Astros today. Second spring start for Verlander. Yeah, and he's working on some things. We th- saw him throw seven change-ups in his first outing and was kind of a mixed bag on uh, the execution of those pitches. He would like to take a little more speed off of it, so he's working diligently with Brent Strom, the pitching coach, to get that uh, garnered. Also some work on, on tightening up the spin of his slider. Noah Syndergaard getting the ball from for the Mets, one of the best in the National League, and the Astros saw him in his first spring start. They're going to see him in his second one as well. Yeah, he's the type of pitcher who can get along a in a game with stuff alone. He, he's not all stuff these days, though. No, he can execute pitches as well. He has some precision to his breaking pitch, uh, but when he gets behind or if he really needs a pitch, he's always going to go with that upper 90s fastball. Case of the game brought to you by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals on all models. Official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Well, Justin Verlander starting the game for the Astros today. Forrest Whitley slated a pitch today. Ryan Presley as well, and a pretty good lineup for the Astros today as well in Port St. Lucie. Yeah, it's our first chance to get his, uh, see Alex Bregman in the field. His first game action in spring, watching him take ground balls right now before the game. And looks a little ginger. Uh, I don't think he wants to really test things uh, for a little while now, though. But as far as getting his timing going, he wants to get in the box and feel good about himself going into the season. Coming up next, we'll hear from Astros first baseman Taylor Jones. But now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that goodbye into the Landry's Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford box? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. Welcome back, Robert Ford, joined by Taylor Jones in uh, Big League Camp for the first time. And uh, always an exciting moment, a big moment in a player's career when they when they get to Big League Camp. What's the experience been like for you being around some of the, these veteran players? Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, just kind of seeing how the big leaguers go about their day and, and, and the veterans that, you know, put in the, the work day in and day out. Just kind of pick up on any information that you hear from them or just watching through their routine. Anything in particular surprise you about big league camp or surprise you just watching certain players go about their business? Um, not really surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just more about seeing what they do differently. Um, obviously, they're at the highest level of the game, so they, they do things a little differently, which you know separates them. Um, so just kind of picking up on those little things. Had a really good year last year with Corpus Christi and Fresno, 374 on base percentage, 18 home runs. Did you Was there a point in the year where you, you felt like things were really clicking for you, or was it kind of that way for you all year? Yeah, I knew pretty early on um, during spring training, I kind of felt like something was clicking mm-hmm. a little bit better than usual. And when about the first month into the season, um, I kind of understood what I was doing differently with my swing. And I knew if I could just kind of keep that consistent, I'd be able to produce some, some good numbers. So um, just kind of making sure that I was staying on track was the main focus for, the, the, for that year. 
you talk about your swing. How much do you look at some of the analytics and, and some of the different things that the Astros have that a lot of other organizations don't in terms of analyzing your swing and, and, and various various metrics? Yeah, there's a lot of information that they give us, and it's very helpful because um, you just got to piece together what is important to your swing, what is important to you um, as a player. Um, and, and there's a lot. Like we get, we get fed a lot of different stuff, but you just kind of have to filter out what um, you really need, and you kind of use that just to see where you're at and if you're on track and if you're you know, moving the way you're supposed to be moving, and um, hopefully that's producing the results. Now, you're from Washington State originally, the Seattle area, and you were part of the state championship teams in both baseball and basketball. And you're six foot seven. I don't think too many people would be surprised about the, the basketball part. Was, was baseball always your first love, or did the two kind of jockey for your attention? Yeah, it was always kind of battling back and forth growing up. It was always the season that I was in was my favorite sport. I'd yeah. always say that. Um, but I knew once I got kind of halfway through my high school career that baseball was going to be the one to continue on with um, but I had a lot of love for basketball and I definitely um, you know miss being on the court I uh, haven't really gotten a chance to be back and, and compete on the court in a while but uh, it was definitely something that I enjoyed. What type of basketball player were you? Were you a guy in the, in the middle? Were you a shooter? What type of player? I was in the post. Um, I could shoot from the outside which uh, I think back then basketball was more for a big guy. You were trying to dominate the post now it's a totally different game right um but i could shoot from the outside so it helped and, and i had quick moves on the inside um but yeah i mean that that was my game the inside i could i could make a post move and, and score that way did you get any scholarship offers to play basketball after high school no i i committed to baseball pretty early mm -hmm. um and i really started peeking at basketball kind of towards my junior and senior year of, of high school so i didn't really get an opportunity just because um, I kind of told everybody right off the, the jump that I'd be playing uh, baseball, but um, I couldn't imagine really getting like a huge D1 offer in basketball or anything like that, maybe a JC and then and move on from there, but um, I was pretty confident that baseball was the way I wanted to go. You went to a pretty good basketball school in Gonzaga for college and played baseball there, obviously, but you, you pitched there your, your first couple of years. At what point did, it, did you realize or did the coaches realize, hey, being a position player rather than pitching and, and playing a position is the way to go? Um, it was kind of interesting. My, my path in college as far as figuring out whether I was going to be a pitcher or as a hitter was kind of unusual. So I came in mainly as a pitcher. Mm -hmm. um, and after my sophomore year, I had a decent sophomore year on the hill, and they kind of wanted me just to focus on pitching. And it kind of gave me the option, but kind of was pushing me towards just being on the hill. And that fall, I told them, you know what, I kind of want to continue to do both. And... I just was having trouble on the mound. My arm really wasn't feeling quite the same. And that's when I really started focusing on my swing and, and picking up on some things that translated on the field. And I kind of took off hitting. And then it was like the next year, they kind of gave me the option and were like, hey, obviously you're hitting well. You can do the hitting thing and pitching thing. And I, I just kind of wanted to continue on with the hitting. I've always loved you know, playing every day and playing the, the field and being a position player. Um, thought it was a little bit more exciting and, and getting to play every day. Um, so, yeah, I just I took off and, and just kind of kept hitting. Well, that certainly worked out for you well. Taylor Jones, thanks so much for joining us. Continued success. Yeah, thank you. Back here on, in West Palm Beach, it's beautiful in South Florida. It's a beautiful evening for baseball, Friday night baseball. Astros trailing the Cardinals 2-1. to one. We just saw Corbin Martin put up an inning. It's exactly what he wanted, right? Three up, three down.
97? Yeah, I think he's going to get at least another one. I think so, too. And that was impressive. He was consistently 95, 96, 97 <laughs> and was in command that entire inning. And now we get an intriguing look at somebody we're pretty familiar with who spent last year with the Cleveland Indians, last few years, and uh, now Cardinal, Andrew Miller. Looks a little different in that St. Cardinal's red, but the big lefty will take the mound here in the bottom of the fifth. And he'll be facing at the top of the order, Tony Kemp leading things off here. Maybe that's why Reddick ran to the clubhouse. He saw Miller warming up. <laughs> well, I would doubt it, man. Right. I would do the same thing. You're probably right. Poor Tony Kemp. <laughs> uh, Tony Kemp, he's performed well against lefties. And he swings at the first pitch. There's a base hit into right field as he rounds first. He made that look easy. Take Tony. that, TK. <laughs> Tony Kemp on here with no outs in the bottom of the fifth. Dancing Ronnie Dawson out to pinch run for Kemp. I wanted to talk more about Tony Kemp's Europe, European vac vacation. Where did he go? Amalfi Coast and Woo, everything wow. else he saw. What else? <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> three weeks. Was it a planned three weeks or they just hung out for three weeks? I, I, I think it was all planned. I saw lots of things. Here's <laughs> 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 right. Miles Straw, who showed bunt. Oh, you're going to have to help me. Ronnie okay. Dawson. Ronnie Dawson came in to pinch run. The dancing machine. Didn't have time to write it down. There's Ronnie. Ronnie advances. You know, Andrew Miller was not himself last year. A lot of it was injury-related, but... This is a guy who was lights out and close to unhittable for years. Hence the reason if you're the Cardinals, you take a chance on him. My gosh, if he's right, he is wipeout. Yeah, not a bad, bad idea to give him a shot. They signed him to a two-year deal worth a total of $25 million. His last year, his third year, could be a team option if he hits certain incentives along the way, but... When he's on, he's as good as there gets. 2-0 the count to Miles Straw. Another base hit. This one to the left side. Ronnie Dawson's going to make it to third. Runners on first and third for the Astros. Got something going here. Good swing by Miles Straw. Wasn't the best read by Dawson. He thought the young, the shortstop, was in a different position, and so he held up. He probably wasn't going to score on the play, even if he got a good jump off second. But by holding up and waiting for the ball to go through, he didn't even allow Gary Pettis to have a choice. Here's Derek Fisher heading for Josh Reddick, as we mentioned earlier, making his way into the clubhouse. <laughs> so left on left. I'm sure Fisher loved that. <laughs> it's a good test for Fish. It really is. And that one's low. Because in his One limited at-bats, he didn't really see a lot of lefties in the big leagues. Yeah, that's, that's true. Something he's always working on. He's got an opportunity to drive in a run here. Maybe a couple. I was going to say, there is quite a bit of speed out there on the base pass right now with Ronnie Dawson at third and Miles Straw at first. 1-0 the count. That's a strike. 1-1. One, one. That's that nasty sweeping slider from that three-quarter delivery of Andrew Miller. He's so tall and lanky. He's just way out there when he delivers that. And you know what's funky, too, is he's on that third base side of the rubber. Yep. So he kind of looks mm -hmm. like he's stepping at you, and then that slider just sweeps across. The count, 1-1. One, one. Here's Miller's pitch. Not even close there. 2-1 the count. Last year was a hamstring. His shoulder bothered him. He's had knee issues the last couple of years. He just hasn't had a clean bill of health for the last few seasons wrapping up his career.
career in Cleveland with Terry Francona. Miller said he's heard all, you know, what everyone's been writing, what everyone's been saying, that he, it's because he's old. He said, I'm not that old. He throws over to first. Checks on Strom. But he's not that old. He's 33. I, I think you're going to see if he's right. He's going to pick up some saves. Jordan Hicks yes. is the right-handed flamethrower that's probably going to get the majority of their saves. But if they are facing a key lefty in the ninth inning, it's going to be Andrew Miller. Yeah, you're telling me in division, if Joey Votto's at the plate, you're not going to bring this guy in? Exactly. Count is 3-1 to Derek Fisher. Runners on the corners. This could be a really good pitch if Fish can just kind of zone him up and get aggressive on a 3-1 pitch and try and drive a ball. He's got a big gap in right center field. Fish doing a lot of work on his swing as well. And he's going to take a walk. So the bases are loaded for the Houston Astros here in the bottom of the fifth. And guess who's coming up? You hear the roars from here in West Palm Beach. The crowd giving it up for Carlos Correa. I'm excited. This is a big league matchup right here in spring training with the bases loaded. Very good arm of Andrew Miller on the mound and Carlos Correa. It's spring training, but you know Carlos wants to make a little bit of a statement here if he gets a pitch to do it on. Carlos Correa with an RBI double already tonight. Blummer likes his swing, what he saw. That pitch is inside and away from Hudson. Hudson tried to he didn't he, he tried to backhand that and that had so much sweep but by the time he got to his glove he had no chance. Hudson has not looked comfortable <laughs> catching some of the pitches from Andrew Miller. Here's the pitch. Correa swings pretty swing just misses pretty upset with himself too. <laughs> I love his attitude right now. He feels like he's locked in. Yes. He was mad that he didn't drive that ball 400 feet. That's <laughs> the biggest thing too is you want to see a little bit of that angst and that anger because if he starts getting mad at baseballs it's going to be a good season for Carlos Correa. It's a controlled violent swing right now mm -hmm. which is huge with that back being healthy. That evened up the count at one. Oh, Carlos Correa. <laughs> Will it say fair? It's foul. Oh, my Just goodness. Just left of the foul ball. That hurt. That ball was 400 feet. He crushed that ball. He hit it off the world championship sign oh just goodness. to the left of the front office Has back there. Has that landed yet? I'm going to hit your car out there. It's a rental. <laughs> count one and two. You're right, though. Wow. I, I don't think anyone was breathing there for a second. It got quiet in here. Everyone just watched in awe. But it's foul, so we'll do it again. And that one's low 2-2 two, two the count now to Correa with the bases loaded. Even though that was a foul ball, that had to feel so good for Carlos. The last couple of home runs we saw him hit towards the end of last season were the other way. Really couldn't create that torque or really turn on that front side. That one, he let it go, and he hit a rocket. I am fired up watching every one of his at-bats. <laughs> that was too. fun. That was fun. Here's the pitch. Oh. Correa misses it. A strikeout for Andrew Miller with the bases loaded. One out now. That was a and fun A-B. That was fun. And here comes A.J. Reed. Yeah, it ends in a strikeout, yes. But it's that was a great A-B, a great spring training A-B. And... Even though it ends in a strikeout, that's going to do a lot for the confidence of Carlos Correa. 
Man, I've missed baseball. <laughs> Here we go. A.J. Reed will have a chance with the bases loaded. And he has tried to check his swing, but we'll go through for the first strike. The way he checked it fooled the home plate umpire because mm -hmm. he kind of looped it up. And the home plate umpire said, well, that had to be a swing, but he never really came close to swinging. I think you're picking on the new guy. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> at least appeal to third <laughs> if you're not sure. Yeah, use a couple of your friends down oh, there. Oh, he does something similar there. But the count is one and one. Another huge year for AJ, AAA last year. 108 RBIs. He's got a chance for some ribbies here. Left-hander facing lefty Andrew Miller. That one's outside, 2-1 the count to A.J. Reed. One out. Thank you, Gene. Yeah, thanks for showing up three pitches into the at-bat. <laughs> Announcing the, the new batter for the Astros. Oh, we give Gene Dias a hard time. Oh. A.J. Reed sends one high to right field. The first baseman looks like he's under it. Nope, second baseman will take it. Makes the catch. Here comes Riley Dawson, play at the plate, he's safe. And the Astros will tie this game up at two. Ronnie Dawson comes flying in. That ball wasn't very far, wasn't no. far about. I didn't think he was coming home. Just your standard surprised sacrifice fly to the second baseman. <laughs> I didn't think he was coming. He surprised a lot of us, but he is safe. And we got a new ball game. Great read by Dawson. Gary Pettis gave him the option, and he took a couple steps down the line. And when he saw Colton Wong go to his knee after the catch, he took off. It was a great, it was a very heads up play. And I'm glad you could see Gary Pettis because when the ball was up off the bat of A.J. Reed, Dawson actually crept down the line. Eight, and Gary Pettis is saying, get back, tag, just in case something like that happened. And he did make a great read. You're right, TK. Runners on first and second now with Tyler White batting. What did I say? I missed baseball? Yep. It's fun. That's a play. If Colton Wong is under the ball and he catches it and stays on his feet, Dawson doesn't even think about coming home. And it seemed like the ball drifted on him a little bit because he caught that moving back towards the outfield and then went down to a knee, and that allowed the run to score. The count is 2-1. Two to one. Two and one on Tyler White here. Andrew Miller pitching. Runners on first and second. It's a mile straw out there. Derek Fisher on first. Tyler White swings through that one. Oh, it's one and two. My bad. That's all right. Andrew. We don't have the monitor, so you're relying on the scoreboard. They had it backwards. Andrew Miller kind of revolutionized the usage of a bullpen arm a couple years ago because he became a guy that came into every situation, no matter what the inning was. Pitches outside. He's really... The guy that invent, may, might have invented the term high leverage. Mm -hmm. That's when we saw Andrew Miller, and he actually, when he got traded over to the Cleveland Indians, he went into Terry Francona's office and said, hey, use me whenever you need me. And that turned out to be a majority of the time in high leverage situations. Whether Tyler it be the fifth or sixth sorry. inning, I'm sorry. Tyler Wright flied out to center, drew a walk in the fourth. Now with a 2-2 count. Oh, that one get him? If it didn't, it went in between his legs. Looked like it got him. Andrew Miller hitting Tyler White. Is he on the foot? I'm guessing. That's Leg the only place area. it could have been, right? Yeah. 
and he will take his base. Maybe the stripe of his pants, I'm not sure. 23 pitches might be enough for Andrew Miller, That's and it is. That's going to do it. We have a pitching change here. Time for a pitching change. So tell your smart speakers to keep playing Astros Radio. Use the hashtag Astros Radio on social media or email us in the booth anytime using radio at astros.com. This is the Astros Radio Network. Beautiful evening here in West Palm Beach. Night baseball in spring training for the Houston Astros as they host the St. Louis Cardinals. Pretty good ball game until the St. Louis Cardinals tied it up. And here we are in the bottom of the ninth inning with the score tied. You're going to see Ronnie Dawson, Miles Straw, Derek Fisher coming up in this game, and I just obliterated that. I've lied. Alex DeGote is going to lead off. Then it's going to be Ronnie Dawson, then Miles Straw. TK actually told me that in the break. But interesting guy on the mound, left-handed pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals to start off this bottom of the ninth inning is Tyler Webb, or Ty Webb as we'll call him in this inning. <laughs> so get your Caddy Shack references ready. At least TK and I will. I'm not sure if Julia has ever seen that movie. It's kind of perfect yes. that it's 4-4, so we can say, um, nice tie, Ty. Nice tie, Ty. So it is a tie for Ty, who's now on the mound, <laughs> facing Alex Degatti. He's pitching the big leagues for a few different teams. I'm not focused on that right now, Todd. Sorry. <laughs> He's six foot five, and that's usually how he measures himself against other pitchers. <laughs> First pitch is down and away. It is now 1-0. Julia is now looking at oh us sideways, my. wondering where this is going to go. Where are these Ty <laughs> Webb quotes coming from? I've seen the movie. Remember when he said, how do you compare yourself to other golfers? He said, by height. <laughs> <laughs> Count is now 2-0 to the hitter, Alex Degatti, and TK is now two for two. <laughs> I'm smelling walk-off for you, Blummer, because I think AJ has given universal signal that this is this the last is it. inning. So get your money's worth, boy. Degatti tried to get a hold of that one, but Ty Webb pulled the string on that one through the off-speed pitch and the 2-0 count to get the swing and miss. I think he lives at 2 Briar. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Isn't that where the Underhills live? <laughs> Webb with the pitch. Fouled off to the right side into the screen above the St. Louis Cardinals dugout. Danny out of the dugout to pick up the foul ball. But... Julie is just mortified. <laughs> mortified. 2-2 two -two pitch on the way. Line down the right field line. Into the seats. Plenty of fans still here. A lot of red, a lot of orange. Easy drive down for a lot of Cardinal fans coming down from Jupiter to watch their St. Louis Cardinals take on the Houston Astros in their beautiful new ballpark here in West Palm Beach. Sherwood Country Club just down the way. <laughs> Two-two pitch, fouled back. They actually filmed Caddyshack down here. <laughs> did, did they really? Yeah, Lauderdale. Right next, sure. to, right next to that condominium complex. <laughs> oh, you brought so many good quotes out when you said Danny. But I can't. I, can't, <laughs> I feel like we're taking the broadcast away from Julia. So. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. No, she's turned off her mic. She's probably going to yell at us. 2-2 uh, pitch is on the way, off speed, elevated, and popped up down the third baseline, but back into the seats again as 
Degati is battling here, trying to become that leadoff man here in the bottom of the ninth and create some action for the Houston Astros as they do try and walk this thing off. We've got plenty of vocal cords left to try and excite everybody at home, and I hope we do because it would be nice to see the Astros come away with a W instead of a tie in the Smythe division. Which is another old hockey <laughs> reference that only TK and I will get. You've been on the hockey theme. I have. Popped to center field, the 2-2 pitch. Under it is Hurst. Squeezes it. Tosses it back to the infield. That'll be the first out of the inning as Ronnie Dawson makes his way to home plate. This will be the second tie spring training. It's what? So a tie tie? Second tie. Three, three, and two. That is three, three, and two. <laughs> Let's hope not. Let's hope not. We got time. First pitch to Ronnie Dawson is another off-speed pitch down in the zone. He swings over the top. The count goes to 0-1 with one out. Well, you've got speed at the top of the lineup with Ronnie Dawson and Miles Straw. So if any of these guys could get on, there's a potential they might steal. Second pitch is in there for a strike also. That brings the count to 0-2. So immediately, Ronnie Dawson on defense. Tyler Webb throwing a lot of strikes here early. That one away off the plate, fastball. 11th pitch of the inning, third ball. Later in spring, you might play a 10th. We've got guys that need a little extra work. That's early. And, and you get starters that go deeper, right. deeper in games, too. You're right. Need some at-bats, but we've got a day game tomorrow. Did he check his swing? They checked down to third base, and Andy Fletcher, the third base umpire, gives the palms down for no swing. That'll bring the count to even two and two for Ronnie Dawson. Tyler Webb rubs up the new baseball after that one bounced in the dirt. Digs that toe back in. Don Kelly, the new first base coach, cheering on Ronnie Dawson, waiting for some action. Playing no doubles down the right field line with the first baseman on the line as the pitch comes to home plate. That is a ball. That'll bring the count to three and two. Four teams the last two seasons for Tyler Webb. Yankees and the Brewers in 2017. And then the Padres and the Cardinals last year. Tie set, delivers. Swung on and missed. Strikeout swinging for Ronnie Dawson. Second out of the inning. That will bring Miles Straw to the plate. Fun sitting in this chair, but Robert Ford, Steve Sparks will have a good one to call tomorrow when they get back. They will. Port St. Lucie. Bregman's debut for the Alex spring. Bregman. That'll be a big one. JV on the mound against Noah Syndergaard again. Wow. It's a pretty solid matchup. First pitch to Straw is a ball. Two is playing second for the first time. Nice. I think it's good. It's going to be a good day. One on pitch on the way, fades on the outside corner for ball two. This would be fun if Straw can get on base because you know he'll try and steal to get in scoring position Man, for Fish. I would really think that he would force the issue if he does get down to first base. Straw and Fish are the two fastest guys in the organization. Yeah, and the uh, four by one, Straw would be the anchor and Fish <laughs> would hand the baton to him. <laughs> There's a strike. I think they get asked a lot who's faster. Do they? Mm -hmm. And? I think I asked them that, that last year. And? Well, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> and then? 
<laughs> two, two, two on pitch, laced into center field. That'll be a base knock for Miles Straw as he glides into first base, makes the turn as the ball comes back to the infield. So we get a chance to see what Miles Straw can do at first base with the left-handed pitcher on the mound. Should be rather interesting. A little cat and mouse will go on. There's a meeting at the mound between all infielders of the St. Louis Cardinals. Kind of interesting right here. I'm not sure if they're going over signs or they're trying to figure out how fast Miles Straw is, but they're going to be on red alert with him out there. Derek Fisher will be the hitter when they do break up this rock pile on the mound. Oh, that's exactly what the meeting's about. We got one of the fastest guys in baseball right now at first base. How are we going to play this? Who's covering? Let's make sure all everything is covered defensively. The only question is, is Derek Fisher going to be aggressive on a pitch early in the count? And what kind of pitch will he be getting? Because normally with the base runner that can run at the speed of Miles Straw, the pitcher will try and throw fastballs to give his catcher a chance to throw him out. But that could really work into the advantage of Derek Fisher if he's aggressive on the fastball. And you know anything that gets down the line or in a gap, Miles Straw has the opportunity to score. Tyler Webb in the stretch for a while, maybe trying to feel out Miles Straw, but timeout is called at home plate. He will step back on the rubber. Miles Straw hasn't moved, holds his lead. Webb set, no runner moving. Ground ball to short, not hit very hard. And that'll do it. End of the ninth inning. And I think that's going to be a wrap. Both managers looking at each other. Some of the coaches coming out of the dugout, and there you go. Go find your sister. This ball game ends in a tie. <laughs>